Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Joseph P. Farrell with news and views from the Nefarium. They've been busy. We're going to get to that in a minute. I'm doing it a day early, folks, because we're expecting some really bad storms uh, tomorrow. And as you know, whenever it storms or even rains a little bit, my, my poor little dog just goes absolutely ballistic. So I want to get to this today rather than take a chance and not get to it tomorrow. Uh, for the housekeeping, don't forget that we do not have a vid chat this Friday. Um, I'm going to a new format on the vid chats. The reason why is because we're going to probably end up having to pay for our use of bandwidth. And that means uh, we're just going to, no two ways about it, we're just going to have to cut down on the amount of time in the vid chats. So I'm going to limit the time to about two hours, you know, give or take a few minutes. Um, every time we have a vid chat, we're back to the two per month schedule. But the thing that I'm going to change is I will be in the pre-chat chat room and post-chat chat room uh, longer than I usually am and, and fielding questions directly from the chat room in the pre and post chat in addition to the actual vid chat questions so i hope that everybody understands that uh, we're under the financial gun here um, ever since youtube decided to be nuts with their uh, censorship policies um, also i want to mention that we've begun a line of merchandising people have been asking us for a number of years to do merchandising items, we have finally started that. You can find the button on the front page of the website. Uh, there's a little blue button that says merch items or merch store, something like that, but it's on the front page. I just got a couple of uh, mugs, a notebook, and some t-shirts. The items look really nice. Uh, I'm very pleased with the way they turned out, and I'm planning to get me a Giza community hoodie. So <laughs> there you go, folks. Anyway, let me get to it. I have two articles I want to talk about today, and these articles are both kind of connecting some dots from last week's News and Views, where I talked about that story on the Rents website, that there is a possibility that components, precursor components for actual phosgene gas were part of the shipments that derailed in New Palestine, Ohio. Not just vinyl chloride, but actual precursors to phosgene. Now, burning vinyl chloride does produce phosgene. So maybe they are are trying to cover up something with the narrative out, th out there that the burn-off of the vinyl chlorine was producing phosgene gas. Phosgene gas, folks, is mustard gas. This was the main poison gas that both the Germans and the Allies used during World War One. It's a, it's a very nasty, nasty uh, type of chemical weapon. But there's two stories to kind of follow up on this. And it's part of my suspicion here. The first story was shared by E.G., and we're going to get to that in a moment. But it's part of my suspicion that all of these food plant fires and now these derailments, I, I, folks, I just have to be honest, I don't get the feeling that these things are entirely coincidental nor accidental. 
Um, and I want to talk, first of all, about this story, read just a few paragraphs, and then I want to uh, give you some thoughts about the story. And then the second story relates to this. The Russians are actually openly now saying that there is a plan afoot in the United States and the Ukraine to create a chemical weapon false flag event. So we're going to get to all of this. So let's start with the first article. And this article is by a fellow by the name of Jeff Lauterbach, posted just uh, last week. And the story reads, Man finds undetonated blasting cap on his property 1.4 miles from the Ohio derailment. And I want to read just a few paragraphs from this article and then give you a very interesting comment about something I've noticed in the news coverage of the article so f of of the derailment so far so here we go quote like many residents who live within a few miles of norfolk southern's railways february 3rd train derailment jerry corbin evacuated before the railroad decided to conduct a controlled burn of five freight cars containing the toxic vinyl chloride on February 6th. When he returned to his home in Darlington Township, Pennsylvania, around 1.4 miles from the crash site, Corbin discovered two surprises. Black debris that resemble ash was strewn all over his yard and on his roof, and an undetonated blasting cap landed in a pasture near his house. Skipping a couple of paragraphs here. Corbin believes the blasting cap, which has a wire and filled, is filled with cotton, was used to help detonate the cars in the controlled burn. It's not really big. It would blow your hand off, Corbin said, of the blasting cap. I contacted some in the military and asked him about it, and he said, don't have any static electricity around it and don't drop it. Skipping a couple more paragraphs here. Ohio Governor DeWine described the urgency as a matter of life and death. Three days later, DeWine held a press conference announcing that the evacuation order had been lifted and residents could return to their homes. Norfolk Southern trains resumed their routes through East Palestine. And federal and state officials said testing showed that the air and water are safe. And that's the paragraph I want you to pay very close attention to. Let me read the last sentence of that paragraph again. Norfolk Southern trains resumed their routes through East Palestine and federal and state officials said testing showed that the air and water are safe. Skipping a few paragraphs again. A lawsuit filed last week in U.S. District Court by Morgan and Morgan alleges that the railroad dumped more than 1.1 million pounds of vinyl chloride into the surrounding area because of the controlled burn. All right. And then that's it for that article. Now, I want you to note that business of rail traffic being resumed through New Palestine. Mere days 
after the derailment itself and mere days after the controlled burn. Now, my question all along here has been, first of all, what caused this derailment? We've never been adequately told, in my opinion. And now, the, the railroad apparently has been cleared by the National Traffic Safety Board to resume rail traffic through New Palestine. So, in other words, we are told nothing about the track bed conditions other than the assumption that it's safe enough to resume rail traffic. Now, I have to ask the question, and maybe people that live in that area will have an answer to this. I have to ask the question, was the track bed at the location of the derailment repaired or renewed or fixed or whatever? In other words, did whatever caused the derailment was that taken care of? Now, I suspect it probably was. That would be normal procedure. But we're not given any indicator here, folks, and that's what bothers me. We've never been told exactly what the track bed condition was, and that's the key question here to answering the question of what caused this derailment. Now, what I'm suspecting with the blasting cap, therefore, is... Maybe we're looking at something else. Because while the blasting cap suggests that maybe it was not uh, fully or properly detonated during the burn-off, it may also suggest, and I hate to say this, it may also suggest acts of deliberate sabotage. And this is what I talked about last week when I... Uh, gave you the discussion of, about that article that appeared on Rents.com, uh, on Jeff Rents' website, that there's something very fishy about the whole thing, and possibly that this was part of a plan of, of shipping chemicals that were ultimately destined to the Ukraine for use in a false flag and a false flag chemical weapon attack. The individual making that assumption was arguing that mustard gas would be a, a fairly uh, easy and, and well-known type of chemical weapon with rather horrific results that could easily be drummed up by the news media. Now, with that in mind, there's another strange story that appeared in this same time frame, and this is being carried on Russia's Sputnik uh, online electronic magazine. And it's interesting that this is coming after the New Palestine Rail derailment. And this is why I think possibly these two stories may be related. Because now Russia's... Uh, commanding general of their nuclear, chemical, and biological weapons troops and their uh, protection against those types of attacks, the general who's in command of those forces within the Russian military has come out with a statement alleging that the Ukraine and the United States are preparing a false flag chemical weapon attack. And again, I'll link both of these articles for you so that you can read them for yourself. This one is a fairly short article, and I want to read the whole thing because the information in it is important. Uh, 
So it's datelined yesterday, and it's datelined from Moscow. And here's what it says. Quote, the United States plans to organize a provocation in the Ukraine with the use of toxic agents while blaming Russia, the commander of Russia's nuclear, biological, and chemical protection troops, Lieutenant General Igor Kirillov said at a briefing on Tuesday. According to Kirillov, on February 22nd, an influential U.S. non-governmental organization held a conference on the events in the Ukraine, and former U.S. Ambassador to Russia John Sullivan made a statement which in particular said that Russian troops planned to use chemical weapons in the area of the special military operation. Now let me stop right there because that suggests to me a complete fabrication. The area of the special Russian military operation has been largely confined to the Donetsk and Lugansk breakaway republics that broke away from the Ukraine and petitioned to join the Russian Federation, which, of course, eventually they did during the special military operation. So, in other words, this military operation that was designed to protect Russian lives is about the last place that I would imagine the Russians would be willing to use their chemical weapons troops in territory that they intended to occupy and protect Russian civilians. It just it makes no sense to allege such a thing. But the people in the swamp appear to be desperate. So going back to this article in Sputnik, let me continue. Quote, we regard this information as the intention of the United States itself and its accomplices to carry out a provocation in the Ukraine using toxic chemicals, unquote, Lieutenant General Kirillov said. He said, Washington hopes that during hostilities, it will not be possible to properly investigate the planned U.S. chemical provocation in the Ukraine but added that in case the provocation does take place, the Russian defense ministry will identify, and here comes another little clue, and punish the true culprits. Lieutenant General Kirillov said the United States is likely to use, to try to use the BZ military incapacitating agent 3-quinaclinidol benzolate in the Ukraine. Now, I looked up what this chemical weapon is, folks, and apparently it's a very nasty chemical weapon that basically incapacitates you by giving you hallucinations, dementia, so on and so forth. It's, it's a nasty thing. Anyway, continuing with Kirillov here, quote, we warn that in the case of provocations with the use of toxic chemicals, we will identify and punish the true culprits, unquote. A train carrying, and here comes the interesting part, a train carrying a cargo of chemicals arrived in the Ukraine-controlled city of Kramatorsk in Donbass earlier this month and delivered to the line of contact. It consisted of 16 sealed metal boxes, eight of which had a chemical hazard sign with the inscription BZ, and marking with two red lines, which corresponds to the class of poisonous substances with a tem temporary detoxifying effect, according to Kirillov. The cargo was placed on U.S.-made armored vehicles, which, 
as part of the convoy left for the line of contact, he added. Now, it's that line about identifying and punishing the true culprits that also intrigues me here. Um, because I think what Kirillov might be suggesting is something more than just identifying the governments or countries involved. In other words, any response that the Russians would make under that kind of generalized assumption that that's what he meant would be a response against the United States, against the Ukraine, and possibly against some Eastern European accomplices, as he called them. But notice the use of the term accomplice itself. That suggests something rather different than a merely geopolitical interpretation of his words. In other words, normally you would call partners in a war allies, like the United States and Great Britain and France were allies during World War I and II. You don't call them accomplices. An accomplice is a partner in crime. Okay? So, in other words, the general's words here, I think, again, are being carefully parsed, and, and I think people really need to pay attention to the fact that the Russians, uh, particularly under the Putin regime, have been, have been picking their words very, very carefully. In this instance, I think the, the term accomplice is a giveaway that the phrase punishing the true culprits means something rather different than a massive retaliation by Russia against the United States or against the Ukraine. I think what it really means is rather that a response would be tailored to the individuals or leadership cadres that the Russians identify as having made the decision and implemented and uh, basically allowed or, or helped the, the infrastructure to carry that, that provocation through. So in other words, I think what we're being told here is if you take off the gloves, we're going to take off the gloves, but we're going to hunt you down. Now, I've been arguing that this might be the Russian strategy all along, that they, if they are going to be forced to go into a World War III type of situation, which, frankly, folks, I think we're already in, that this means they're going to take the gloves off on any and all covert operations that would be part of any decapitation strike that they would wage against the West. In other words, what I'm suggesting to you is their targets in this war, just like their targets in the Ukrainian special military operation, are not civilians. Their targets would be the leadership class of the West, the Klaus Schwabs, the Chuck Schumers, the Joe Bidens, the Boris Johnsons, and so on and so forth. Those people would be their targets. Um, how they would accomplish this, I don't know, but the Russians are equally capable of dropping drones on people's heads while they're driving their cars along the freeway as the United States are. So this could get very, very ugly, but this is a little indicator that maybe there was something to that Rents uh, blog last week, 
speculating that the the chemical weapon spill in Ohio was part of a shipment that was ultimately destined for the Ukraine. This is one to watch very, very carefully. So I suspect we're going to hear more about it, but I still want to know about the track bed conditions. I want to know if indeed there was any work to repair or improve that section of track in New Palestine, Ohio. Uh, if you know people, put out the word, and eventually, hopefully, it'll get to somebody who's a resident of that part of Ohio that can tell us whether or not there has indeed been any work on the track bed and the track uh, conditions in that part of the Norfolk Southern Network. Uh, that will tell us a lot right there. Anyway, that's it for today's news and views from the Nefarium folks. Don't forget, we do not have a vid chat tomorrow or Friday. Uh, I'm doing this again a day early just to avoid the storms. I'll see you all next week. Bye-bye, everybody. God bless, and we'll see you on the flip side.